listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh, okay. We're getting spicy on a Saturday. Good morning. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Joy Taylor Show. Well, I guess it's not NFL season anymore, so it would be a bit odd to start with NFL music. Welcome back, by the way, Sam. Thank you. Glad to be back. Had a nice uh, weekend last weekend uh, hanging out with uh, your old producer, Gavin. Very nice. You remember Gavin, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I like that shirt, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's very... Watermelons? I got this in in Spain, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a flex. They must have yellow watermelons (laughs) there. I've never had that. (laughs) Ryan is here with us as well. I think it's important to mention that Sam wasn't just hanging out with Gavin. Gavin got married. He was at oh, his wedding. I mean, yeah, that's not. <laughs> I did not mention that, I guess. No, you didn't. Yeah, you did wedding. not. That's very different. I Although... was in his wedding. I was a groomsman. Oh, wow. Yeah, I look styling. Fancy. The tux fit me really well. I was very happy with it. Okay. Lots of flexes from Sam. Sam's feeling good this Saturday afternoon. Flexing. I like that. Flexing. I like that. Good energy. Well, welcome back. Congrats to Gavin and, uh, and his new wife. That's exciting. It's a, it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I'm standing right now. You can't see me in the studio, obviously, because it's radio. And I'm not live on Instagram right now. But I uh, I like to get to the show a good, like, 20 minutes before, get zenned out. And that was not the case this morning. Um, Starbucks is slammed. So I was standing there having a lot of anxiety that they were not going to get me my impossible breakfast sandwich. <laughs> It's time to get here, but I got here with more than enough time to get set up, but I'm just going to stand and uh, and get my energy right. Thank you for listening to the Joy Taylor Show, for joining us this afternoon, wherever you are. I uh, hope you're enjoying your weekend. We have a fun show today. Gab Gowdy, uh, FanDuel Unsportsmanlike Conduct Podcast, will join us. She's a big Cleveland girl. There's a lot happening in Cleveland. Um, Mark Medina, writer for NBA.com, has been covering the NBA for a long time. It's the thick of NBA season now. We are, we're actually, we're kind of winding down NBA season. There's not that many games left and we're really starting to see, uh, starting to flesh out who really is contenders right now. And uh, we're also going to talk to Darius Butler, which is exciting. We'll talk about the combine, Aaron Rodgers, uh, what the Cowboys are going to do with Amari Cooper, Malik Willis has had a nice combine. Is he going to end up moving up the draft uh, the draft ranks, obviously, as a quarterback. James Harden is fitting perfectly with the Sixers. The Lakers are in absolute chaos. Who is responsible? And this Kyler Murray situation is very interesting as well. I think it's a lot of a lot of noise for no reason. But it's Aaron Rodgers' watch. We are all on the Aaron Rodgers' watch. I believe it's day 43. <laughs> Since they since they were knocked out of the playoffs, I think that's right. I think it's been forty three days. My math serves correctly since he last played a football game, and he has still not announced his decision about what he wants to do next season. So the entire league essentially is in a standstill, which is probably what he prefers. The longer that this goes on, the more I feel like he's probably staying in Green Bay. I was set firm. In my in my petty detector as Queen Petty, that he was assuredly leaving Green Bay at the beginning of the season. He and Devontae Adams posted the last dance memes. Obviously, he was very upset about the Jordan Love pick, rightfully so. And then we had a very very noisy season, which ended, I believe, forty three days ago, in uh, in tragedy did not end as the last dance did in a championship. So 
I thought for sure he was leaving. But the longer that this goes on, the more I feel like they're just working a deal out and he's going to stay. The GM there has said he hasn't had any trade offers for Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe that that's because teams aren't interested in Aaron Rodgers. I think they just are probably getting the vibe that he's not leaving. And, you know, it's different to pick up the phone and, and ask about someone. That, I believe, has happened. An actual trade offer is something uh, completely different. And, and do you want to blow up your locker room by putting someone's name in a trade offer unnecessarily if Aaron Rodgers isn't leaving? According to Jeff Howe of The Athletic, there's a widespread belief that Aaron Rodgers will return to the Packers. And, of course, we're following breadcrumbs to try and figure out what it is that Aaron Rodgers is is doing. And uh, an interesting breadcrumb is Tom Clements came out of retirement to join the staff again. He was with the Packers from 2006 to 2016, so 10 years. And apparently Rodgers played a significant role in bringing him back. So not only are the Packers obliging Aaron Rodgers with things that he said he really wanted and he felt like he wasn't being his advice wasn't being solicited on, but he's also still making moves to adjust Green Bay. So that that makes me feel like he's gonna stay. Uh he I don't think he's gonna finish his career in Green Bay, but if you know, if they can restructure the contract, they're very, very much up against the cap. They are thirty point five million over the cap, according to Spot Track. And that's without Devontae Adams signed up. So if they want to fit Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers under the cap, they're going to have to be very spicy with how they do their accounting. I mean, they can push, you know, voided years back. And if you, you know, if you have a good capologist, you can figure these things out, but they are going to lose pieces. There's no doubt about that. And of course there was the, the report from Diana Rossini, which was refuted by Aaron Rodgers that he wants to be the highest paid player in the league. Uh, right now, that's Patrick Mahomes with, um, he's had a 10-year, $450 million deal, as we know. That, that I think, is, I mean, look, make all the money you want, but it, it, we know that in the last, since 2011, the winning quarterback of the Super Bowl has not had a cap hit over 12.3%. So if your cap hit as for your quarterback is 124 or more, you're not winning the Super Bowl since 2011. That's more than a trend. So they're pretty much putting themselves out of Super Bowl contention, even with Aaron Rodgers there. Look, they were the number one seed this year with Aaron Rodgers and still couldn't get it done. So uh, I don't know if that's Aaron Rodgers' priority right now. And uh, I'm not going to knock anybody for making as much money as humanly possible at whatever it is that they do. But in the salary cap league, that's going to lock some things up. And as I said, they're already $30 million over the cap over $30 million over the cap. So they're going to have to to lose a couple players and it, it, with a team that really felt like they needed to win last year. Like this this past year was the year for the Packers. They had the roster, they had everything in place, and they couldn't get it done. Couldn't win a playoff game. So um, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end up playing out. I don't, I don't believe Aaron Rodgers when he said he doesn't want to be the highest paid player. I mean, he kind of... We're off to like just taking Aaron Rodgers' word thing, right? I mean, listen, you can lie if you want to. I, 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 am, I am then granted the entitlement of not believing you anymore. But that's neither here nor there. We're all just waiting. 
We're all just waiting, Aaron. Now, time is ticking because the league year starts March 16th. I think it starts March 16th. So we have 11 days, 11 more days of Aaron Rodgers' watch. But the issue is, what are all the other teams going to do until then? You can't make any moves. You can't. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's going to have surgery now, so that that really hurts his his trade value, but he's still going to end up somewhere. Are they going to do anything with Carson Wentz? What happens with Mitchell Trubisky? Um, well, he's a free agent, but like no, nobody can sign anyone. Nobody can make any moves until Aaron Rodgers decides what he's going to do because he is the quote-unquote best quarterback on the market if he's on the market. I don't think Russell Wilson's going anywhere. I, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to finish his career in Seattle either, but I, I think he's going to finish his contract there. There's too much noise for him to stay there. And if you look at year by year, Seattle's been been trickling towards uh, some struggles. He hasn't, but Seattle overall has. So we'll talk more about Aaron Rodgers and what he's going to do with some of our guests as uh, we just sit around waiting. We're all waiting on you, Aaron. we got to see what you're going to do. The Lakers are uh, struggling right now. Lost four straight. Got swept in the season series to the Clippers, which I can tell you out here in Los Angeles is it's not something that Lakers fans are happy about. There's a lot going on with the Lakers, and uh, and I'll break that down and and what I think uh, can fix it. Actually, I'm a solutions person, right? Uh, we all have problems. What's the solution? That's what I'm here for. We'll talk to talk to Gab Gowdy, uh, Unsportsmanlike Conduct Podcast, and FanDuel um, at the bottom of the hour. But let's let's get into the Lakers a little bit next on the Joy Taylor Show. Welcome back, Joy Taylor Show. On Fox Sports Radio. Talk to, talk to Gab Gowdy. Unsportsmanlike Conduct Podcast at the bottom of the hour. And get into a little bit of Lakers here. The Joy Taylor Show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. Your home for live sports. And that means all sports. Every game, match, race, and competition. It is always on. Now go on and plan your trip. Visit LasVegas.com to see the best and brightest in Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. And Fox Sports Radio wants to remind you this April 28th through the 30th, Vegas will be hosting the 2022 draft, an event that will unlikely be unlikely any other in unparalleled energy and excitement that only the greatest arena on earth can deliver. The best part is now through March the 13th, we're giving away a trip for two to be part of the energy and excitement. That's right. You and a lucky person of your choosing can win a trip to Las Vegas during draft weekends, April 28th through the 30th, sponsored by the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. The prize package includes round-trip airfare to Vegas, a hotel stay on the Strip, access to Fox Sports Radio's draft broadcast, and more. To enter and get rules, visit FoxSportsRadio.com. That's FoxSportsRadio.com to win a trip to Vegas during draft weekends. So, the L.A. Lakers, what are we going to do with them? Well, first thing is, because I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I, Joy Taylor, am a very rational person. You know, I've got a lot of crazy energy, done some wild and predictable things, but overall, people that really know me, I think they would all agree that uh, when it comes down to it, I like to solve things. Present me with the problem, and let's fix it. Not a huge complainer. Don't, contrary to what social media would have you believe, I am not a victim. I, I, I like to fix things. 
And the Lakers are currently, <laughs> they do have a fix. It's on the table. It's out there. There are there are two things that could fix the Lakers right now that could make them uh, competitive in the postseason. One, and they both have to happen. So it's not like one or the other. First thing is, um, Westbrook can't be uh, a starter anymore. He's He's not. And I love Russell Westbrook. I think he is an all-time great player. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching his career. I think he he plays with a ferocious energy, which is part of the reason why I thought originally that it was actually a good trade because they're the oldest team in the league and they could use that. The difference is when Westbrook was a young player with that ferocious energy, it was very productive. Now, not so much. And it's pretty telling that on a team with a healthy LeBron James playing at a very high level, a LeBron who can make anything work. I mean, LeBron is the ultimate teammate. He elevates everyone around him. The fact that LeBron can't make this work, it it kind of feels like it's over. The Westbrook experiment has failed in Los Angeles with the Lakers. He is not a winning player, and it's pretty obvious. I don't don't think anyone needs to skip around it anymore. The Lakers won a championship, were competitive last year, and this year it is, it's a bit of a disaster based off of the expectations that people had for this Lakers team. Now, you can certainly argue, and I have all season long, that the expectations for the Lakers are wildly unrealistic. But they have expectations nonetheless. Part of that is LeBron James is on your team. Part of it is it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Which I understand. Reason aside, it is not working. And Russell Westbrook is not going to accept that. He's made it very clear he's not interested in that because he's been asked about it. Even just not being in the, the rotation for the end of games was a problem. But... This is, this is affecting a lot of people. This is affecting LeBron James' legacy. This is affecting the future of the L.A. Lakers. It's, it's, it, it might affect some staff situations. I mean, Rob Polinka is under fire right now. And he deserves some of it. I mean, they did put this roster together. But there's a lot of criticism going around, and it's all really stemmed off of Russell Westbrook. The other thing is Anthony Davis needs to be healthy, and there's nothing we can do about that. And Anthony Davis is an injury-prone player. That's fair to say at this point in his career. And I think we would be having a completely different conversation about the Lakers if Anthony Davis was healthy. You cannot win in this league with one star. We know that. LeBron is the only star in this team. But LeBron and Anthony Davis were always the only two stars in this team. Russell Westbrook is not that. So this is a very layered conversation when you talk about what's going on with the Lakers. So let's just build on that. Starting with the beginning of the season, they came into the season with the oldest roster in the league. We know that. This is a young man's game. you got to have some youth. You, you just have to. It's a long season. You can't put those kind of minutes on older players or injury-prone players like Anthony Davis. LeBron has played a lot of minutes in this league. Forget the fact that he's the seasons that he's played. Think about the postseason. 
if you think of all the postseason games, I believe it's it, it's it could add up to an extra three seasons. That's and Olympics. Like that's how much basketball this man has played. That is going to take a toll at one point or another, even with LeBron James, who takes excellent care of his body. So you have to consider these things, right? You have to consider them. They weren't considered, obviously, when they put this roster together. Russell Westbrook has been the same kind of player his entire career. You can look at what he's done in the postseason. Not a lot of success. Is he fun? Is he energetic? Is he athletic? Well, was athletic. (laughs) But he doesn't fit into winning cultures. Also was ignored. Or, like me, thought that he this would be his opportunity to come in and change that narrative about his career. Didn't do it. Which is disappointing. You also have to consider that there are going to be wild expectations for any team that has LeBron James on it. You're already the Lakers, so there's already going to be unrealistic expectations because Lakers fans expect to win a championship every year, no matter who's on the floor. Which, look, you know, Draymond Green talked about it the other day about how Lakers fans are spoiled. And, you know, he, he it's one thing to be spoiled, but you can't be brats. And I live here in Los Angeles. I talk to Lakers fans every day. And I tell, I've told them all the same thing all season long. You guys have unrealistic expectations of this team. That's not saying that you shouldn't demand excellence, but you should be reasonable about what's happening right now. So there's two things. Anthony Davis could get healthy, which is probably not going to happen. And Russell Westbrook is not working in this lineup. And, and, and it's, it's been... I don't want to say a disaster because I really don't feel like it's been a disaster because it's not reasonable what's going on with the Lakers and the expectations. But based off of the expectations that everyone has, it has been a disaster. And here's what's here's what's disappointing about it. Here's what's sad about it to me. You have the end of LeBron James career. Like this is where he's likely going to end his career. I know let's just talk about Cleveland and all that. And we'll talk to Gap Gowdy in a few minutes about that. I know there, there was a little bit of excitement about it. He's not going back to Cleveland. He's going to stay here in Los Angeles. I'm looking outside right now. Sun is shining. It's beautiful here every day. All of his business is here. He's not leaving. So what you don't want to happen is for the end of LeBron's career to end up looking shaky because of unrealistic expectations and and a situation with a player that has completely blown up the Lakers in Russell Westbrook. And I don't think Russell Westbrook is a bad guy. He does amazing things away from the sport. Good family guy and overall an all-time great player. But this this was never a good fit. And my expectations is, is kind of a, a, what I think happened with the Lakers as well is that I expected him to adjust. And, and that's a good lesson. Don't expect people to be anything other than what they are. That's on you. <laughs> If you know what someone is and you come into a situation expecting them to be different than what you know they are, and teams do this all the time, we do it all the time in life, and it always ends the same way. You're going to be disappointed, and they're going to continue doing exactly what it is that they're doing. We've seen this time and time again. So, look, it's been a, it's been a ra- bad run. They play tonight, the Lakers do. Um, Golden State and they lost to the Clippers badly the other night 132-111 they haven't won since All-Star 
they were swept in the season series to the Clippers, which, as I said, if you're <laughs> if you're a Lakers fan walking around Los Angeles, that's that's not the mood you want to be in. And that's without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But I, I, I've also said the interesting thing about the Clippers to me is if you look at the Clippers roster without without Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, like assuming that you had Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, you would select Anthony Davis and LeBron James as your stars, right? You would take that Clippers roster over the Lakers roster any day. Like just swap rosters, you would. And... Like, it's the Clippers. On No disrespect to any Clippers fans listening, but it's the Clippers. So there's not that level of expectation for the Clippers. That's why the pressure isn't on them this year. But you notice they're just playing and they're playing with energy and, like, it doesn't feel anything like what's going on with the Lakers. But they're kind of in the same situation. Like, Anthony Davis is injured. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are injured. There's no expectations for the Clippers this year. Not reasonable. They don't have their two stars. What can they do? Maybe they make the playoffs, but like they don't have their stars. So no one's going to freak out if it doesn't, (laughs) if it ends early this year. But the difference is there is an actual real evaluation and real expectations and a realistic conversation about where the Clippers are. And there's not with the Lakers. And the solve is Anthony Davis has to get healthy, which none of us can do anything about. And you got to make a move with Russell Westbrook. Trade deadline has passed, so that's going to be in the offseason. But do something for the rest of the season with him. And um, and we'll see. Let's talk to Gab Gowdy of Unsportsmanlike Conduct Podcast in just a few minutes. But first, let's get to what's trending. Hey, Joey, we'll lead things off with college basketball today. LSU and Alabama, they went to overtime today, but LSU prevailed, winning by three. 80-77 was the final score in that contest. Meanwhile, a couple other games today, one of them included Butler getting trashed at home by Villanova, losing that game in a large kind of way. That ball game was on Fox. Switching gears to the NBA, nothing doing for Zion Williamson for quite a while, but He's returned back to New Orleans, rehabbing his foot in Portland. He's been cleared for basketball-related activities. Orlando Magic's Jalen Suggs questionable for today's game with a right ankle sprain. In the NFL, Panthers right tackle Taylor Martin has restructured his contract, freeing up cap space $11 million. And Brian Greasy joining the ranks of the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff. He is now one of their quarterbacks coach. Joy, back to you. Thank you. That's David Gascon with What's Trending. Let's go out to Gab Gowdy, the Unsportsmanlike Conduct FanDuel podcast. Gab, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for jumping on with me. I just did a, a long Lakers rant. I'm out here in Los Angeles. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's bad news out here for the Lakers right now. Everyone's really frustrated. Um, they're not frustrated in Cleveland, though. I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm from Pittsburgh. Um, oh, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's no love lost between uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And I, I've given I've given Cleveland a, a lot of hell over the years, and so, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Cavs fans are excited. Like they like what's going on right now, right? Oh, we love it. Honestly, the most surprising thing that's come out of Cleveland through all the sports teams this year, I would say. No one thought that they would be winning this many games. What's What's turned around for them? Because. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of their yeah. uh, 
oh, like the ownership situation and look, it's been it's fair. Like it's been a dysfunctional place for a long time without LeBron. So what's really turned out, turned around for them this year? Um, I think Darius Garland finally realized that he's really good at basketball and he's playing <laughs> really well. He's playing really well. Evan Mobley, he's probably going to be rookie of the year. He should be. And that's helped having Jared Allen out there too. They're just playing fun basketball. They're just having a good time. I, I'm really interested in how things go in the postseason this year because we had a great NFL season, one of the one of the best uh, in recent memory. And I think part of the reason for that is there was a lot of parity this year in the NFL. There was no team that was head and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, it's Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. You know, speaking yeah. of a team that's oh, been yeah. dysfunctional for a long time. And I think it was just fun. Like it was it was exciting to be able to have realistic conversations about you know, my team could act, could actually be in it. And I feel like that's that's sort of how it is in the NBA this year. It's it's not normally mm-hmm. like that. Normally it's, well, eh, we know it's yeah, going to be Golden State. Team. Right. Like yeah. it's going to be Golden State <laughs> and whatever team LeBron's on. That's not the case this year. Now, I don't I don't know that I'm going for the the, the, the Cavs are going to be in the finals, but you know, there are like maybe seven teams that I could say will win the championship this year and it wouldn't be crazy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's so many teams that are competing right now. And it's crazy to say that the Caps are competing right there with them. Yeah. Like the Heat being, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a Heat fan. So the Heat are yeah. in, the, in the one seed right now. Sixers and Harden, are, look, uh, they, they fit immediately. What do they you think? Great. What do you think of, of Harden with the Sixers? What was your take on that, that trade? Because I, like I felt like the Sixers won that trade and it was going to work immediately. Oh, that, absolutely, that's what I thought. I thought James Harden was going to go in there and light it up and hit the free throw line a million times a game, and that's what he's been doing. He did that to us last night. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's he's. Uh, there was obviously, you know, some criticism about how mm-hmm. things ended in, in Brooklyn, but I'm I'm overall, I feel like the Brooklyn situation, we're talking to Gab Gowdy of the Unsportsmanlike Conduct podcast. Um, I, I felt like the the situation, the trade in Brooklyn is for next year. Like this, they're they're not going to be able to do anything this year. They're in the eight seed right yeah. now. KD just came back. I, I love Kevin Durant. It makes me sad for Kevin Durant. Um, he's an unbelievable player. I think you know next to LeBron, he's the best player in the league. And it's just not going to happen this year. Like we don't even know when Ben Simmons is going to be back. Yeah, we don't know when Ben Simmons is back. Like we don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie. And I'm a big Kevin Durant fan too. So he's probably I don't even know what the heck he's thinking out there right now. He's probably like. Man, maybe just get through this year and we'll see what we can do for the next. I mean, realistically, Kyrie is not playing home games, so he's still not 100% available. And, you know, we don't know when Ben Simmons is going to be back. So he's been dealing with, with obviously, an injury. He just came back in KD. So it just feels like there's a lot of pieces that need to fit and there's not enough time to make all that work. Also, Ben Simmons is not a guy that you can just plug and play, obviously. like he's. but, But aside from all of the you know, getting him ready to play basketball thing, he has a very specific game. So we know we know that he needs, like, time to ramp that up. Oh, yeah, he definitely needs the time. We saw that with uh, the Sixers and <laughs> what happened with them. I don't know. But they're a team that I wouldn't want the Cavs to play in a play-in game, I'll tell you that. The Nets? Yeah, I, I just yeah. I wouldn't want to play them. I mean, anytime you have a, a superstar. <laughs> like a play-in game in Cleveland, Ohio with Kyrie playing against us. I really I don't I don't like our chances with that one. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I want to talk to you a little bit about Baker Mayfield. There's been stories over the past couple weeks about 
what they're what they're going to do with him. Um, I I was all in on Baker Mayfield. I have sold every last shred of stock in <laughs> Baker Mayfield. I think he's a wildly average quarterback that just makes a lot mm-hmm. of noise. The chip on the shoulder thing is exhausting. Yeah, and, every year. Um, so I get I get different vibes though from from Browns fans. Some Browns fans are totally out on him and I think some have just succumbed to like this is what the situation is. What is what is the overall feeling from Browns fans about Baker Mayfield right now? I feel like there's like very much two parties to this. There's either like the guys that'll like tweet I'm a Baker bro ride or die with six or there's the people that are like now we're like well this is what we got so hopefully it goes well but if it doesn't we told you so. I think that's where people are standing right now with the Baker Mayfield situation. Well, I feel like, I mean, they picked up his fifth-year option. And yeah. we know that the, the quarterback market this year isn't very robust. There's there's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of moves that you can make. There's to, not a lot going on. Right, to upgrade and then get somebody in your mm-hmm. system. And, and Baker came off of a year where he's very injured. So even if you were going yeah. to make a move, like, who's... Like, who, who wants that? Right, who's dealing with that right now? Um, nobody. So it it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, you could do worse Right now, is, is no, that yeah, kind of the feeling? Yeah, we could get worse. There could be worse. <laughs> there um, could be worse, but I don't know how much better we can get is the thing. So, yeah. um, so we started the show talking about Aaron Rodgers, and he has—he's really like the key to all of this because he is—he has the entire league in a, a holding pattern until he makes his decision. I was mm-hmm. completely sold that he was going to leave Green Bay at the beginning of the season. I am a very petty person. I was totally on his side about being mad about how the Jordan Love pick went down. Mm-hmm. I think you owe Aaron Rodgers a little more respect if you're the Packers in that spot to give him a heads up that you're going to make a move like that. It's turned out to be a complete disaster. Um, but now, the longer this goes on, I it makes me feel like he's staying. What is your – I mean, it's impossible to read what Aaron Rodgers is doing. but what, Yeah, like I feel like he's staying too. I feel like he's just doing what he always does and just wants – the, he just wants the attention of the situation. Like, we don't know what you're going to do, but he wants people to still talk about it, even though there's nothing to really talk about with him yet. I feel like that's where he's at. I feel like that's where he's always at, to be See, honest. See, I feel like he... I feel like he wants to stay, and I felt like he was putting feelers out to see what the reaction was going to be, yeah. to see what the market was. And now I feel like the, the reason that it's it's taking so long to get an, an answer on what he's going to do is because he's staying and he's working out a, a deal with the Packers. They're thirty million dollars over the cap, and mm-hmm. you know, so he and and Diana Rossini had the report that he wants to be the highest paid player in the league. So I think the longer this goes on, it just means that they're working More out a money. deal with the Packers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, thanks for jumping on with us, Gab. I really appreciate you stopping by. Make sure you check out her podcast, the Unsportsmanlike Conduct Podcast with FanDuel and follow her on social media at Gab Gowdy. I just, uh, I will tweet out her, her handle right now on Twitter. Um, thanks for hanging out, Gab. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> That's Gab Gowdy, the Unsportsmanlike Conduct Podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, none of us know what Aaron Rodgers is doing. We don't know. You can, you can read into it. I thought that that Instagram, that very lengthy, emotional Instagram post was a goodbye. But then he said he was coming out of a 12-day cleanse. A 12-day cleanse is aggressive. He was clearly just like 
just completely off his gourd when he when he, he was just thinking after 12 days he's he's just thankful to be alive at that point when he's doing the things that he was doing in that cleanse and so he's just thanking anyone and everyone he possibly can it was I, the weirdest thing i have so many questions <laughs> so many i have questions. more questions about the cleanse yeah of course let's talk about the cleanse more I don't. I don't know if we can. Uh, well, because quite frankly, be into the details on on national radio. It's a well. Yeah, ugh. I mean, he like uh, he was vomiting, and yeah, I, I I actually know people that do. Do you guys know about this this frog cleanse? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Is that what he was doing? I think so. I mean, I'm not they positive. you. I've done cleanses before, like a juice cleanse, which is miserable. I am not a juice cleanser. Not for me. I think if you can just chill, then you can do a juice cleanse. But if you have to like actually go do stuff, a juice cleanse is not a good idea. I was exhausted. I had no like energy. Um, and it didn't make me feel better because as soon as I got off the cleanse, I ate real food again. So it went back to exactly what I was doing before. But I don't think it was a juice cleanse. First of all, I don't think it's very healthy to cleanse with juices for 12 days. But if you know anything about this frog, this frog cleanse or I forget what it's called. It's really weird, but basically you put frog poison on your skin and it makes you sick and it's supposed to like take you to the other realm or whatever. A vision quest. (laughs) It's called uh, Cambo. Cambo. That's what it is. I don't know if that's what Aaron Rodgers did, but I do know Cambo makes you really sick and I am not in on that. You think Aaron Rodgers gets to April and he's like, it's sweat lodge season. Like he's like I I don't I don't do any of this stuff. You know. It's a little. Uh, it may be healthy, but it pushes your health to the extremes. Yeah, I'm not an extreme person. I I like a nice sauna for a couple minutes, you know, or a steam room, and then I'm good. We'll we'll be all right. Um, you know, go just go do a workout with a sweatshirt on. You'll you'll feel fine. <laughs> but again, it, this is this is where we are. A little less probing, you know. A little, you know, like physical. I'll stop it there. Uh, I just, I don't know. I can't, I don't, I can't get into that stuff. I, um, it's just too extreme for me. You know, I'll light a little sage. I'll, I'll, you know, I burn some incense every day. Just get, get a little zen. I'll do some yoga. It's about as far as I got. Can't do all that. I have, I have stuff to do. I can't take a 12 day cleanse. No. What's Colin going to say? Hey, Colin, <laughs> I'm taking uh, 12 days off to do a cleanse. I'm going to get really sick and come back with some clarity. <laughs> Let me tell you this. He would not forgive me. I can tell you that. If you don't uh if you don't know, Colin is not into cleanses. <laughs> that, that is not our thing. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh we'll talk to Mark Medina, get a little bit more into uh the NBA and how things are shaping up for the postseason. Really interesting news from David Gascon with what's trending that Zion is cleared for basketball activity. That's really great news, actually. That situation is really weird. There's a lot happening with that, which I'll ask Mark about as well. And then we'll talk to Darius Butler as well later in the show. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit about Malik Willis. It's the Combine right now. Guys are running their 40s. They're doing their interviews. And Malik Willis has had himself a really great week. And I think it could have draft, drastically improved his draft prospects uh, with, hap- with what happened with him. We'll talk about that next on The Joy Taylor Show. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. 
We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's talk to Mark Medina at the top of the hour. Get into a bunch of NBA stuff with him. A little funk. I saw some live music last night, Santa Monica. What'd you see? I don't know the name of the band. It was, uh, it was I think it was a funk band. Felt funky. Good time. Malik Willis, uh, Liberty quarterback. Everyone's talking about Kenny Pickett. Um, and now he's he's he has the tiny hands thing. I don't like that they do that. I know that they have to do that because this is what we do. But, like, so what? Joe Burrow didn't have a big hand measurement. He's doing all right. What does this mean? Just like some of the things we do are just arbitrary. And I feel like the excuse of we just always do this is not is not good enough. But whatever. I, I mean, there's questions about Kenny Pickett regardless. But Malik Willis has had himself a really nice combine. And he was always, you know, with along with Kenny Pickett, the other top prospect in this year's draft, which is not it's not a really strong draft. There's. There's not a standalone guy. There's no one that uh, everyone is, you know, rumored to be moving up to try and get. Last year's was completely different. And it's just, it's it's getting interesting because he had a really great performance, not only at the Combine, but also had a really nice moment. Um, he was caught on camera. Um, well, I don't want to say caught on camera. Someone recorded him. Captured, yeah, captured on camera, um, giving some clothes to a homeless person um, in Indianapolis. He had his he had his suitcase with him, and you've probably seen the viral video at this point. And you know he's taking some clothes out and giving to, giving it to them, and um, you know stuff like that. It might seem like a little thing, but stuff like that matters. You you want to get a character guy, especially at that position, especially if you're going to take them in the first round, and you know every little thing matters is why they measure their hands <laughs> and go through all these, these, you know, extreme situations and interviews to try and find out, you know, what, what type of guys they are. But I think that Malik Willis is really interesting. He's, he's really popped the combine, a, a, an event that a lot of people are pushing back on recently, the, the, you know, the value of it, you know, how much does it really matter for top prospects? There's guys that aren't going to run, they're not going to throw and, you know, I, I think that what's happened with Malik Willis is a good, good example of why the combine is still valuable because you can you can raise your raise your draft stock through little things. Now he did not give clothes to the homeless person to be recorded, which, by the way, I mean nothing is more annoying than those people. You got to do it for the camera. Please shut up. Please shut up. I get that all the time. Anytime I post about anything charity, why don't you just do it and not share? I don't know, because I have a huge platform and I, I like to elevate other people and what they're doing and you know maybe raise awareness for it. What are you doing? Why is that your first thought? It's Pic- the- Pixar didn't happen, bro. I mean, it's not, yes, but like, it's not that. <laughs> like, he, he wasn't even doing it for the camera. He didn't even know he was being recorded. But so what? Such a weird thing. People are so weird. 
Like, that's what you saw, and that was your first thought. Like, it was all staged. I hate when people, it's so staged. I hate when people do it so they can get clout. Like, yes, helping people for clout. Or you could just not help people and just yell about clout. You could do that also. Genius. Anyway, we'll talk to Mark Medina. Forgive me. <laughs> it drives me nuts. We'll talk to Mark Medina again to NBA stuff on the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back. Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's really a lot going on right now. This is supposed to be sort of a quiet time in sports. These are like the weeks that everybody takes off after the NFL season, and there's just a lot going on. Not in baseball, though. It's a shame. Joy Taylor show. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed, because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credits. So, one thing that is going on is the NBA season, and uh, it is starting to come to a close over the next couple weeks, starting to see who the real competitors are, who's going to make a run in this postseason. Let's go out to Mark Medina, writer for NBA.com. Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. Joy, good to talk with you. Always uh, always love talking hoop. Yes, uh, thanks for coming on. I guess we should start. Uh, we're, we're here in Los Angeles, so <laughs> let's start with the Lakers. <laughs> um, so, okay, let me present my case for the Lakers, and then you tell me, you pick it apart. Um, first of all, you gotta, you got to bench Russell Westbrook. Like, it's, it's time. Um, but also, I think that it's really unrealistic to evaluate this team without Anthony Davis. Any other team in the league without their second star, we would not be talking about with the expectations that we talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. And part of that is, obviously, it's the Lakers. But the bigger part is LeBron's on the team and LeBron is healthy and playing. But I just I think it's absurd that people are this outraged by the Lakers, considering how bad Russell Westbrook has been as a fit and the fact that Anthony Davis is not healthy. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think all points are valid. Uh, as far as Russell Westbrook getting benched, I mean, in fairness, Frank Vogel has said that he and his coaching staff have discussed all options. I doubt it goes that route. And as much as I think from like a practical, tactical standpoint, it would be better. Um, if Russell Westbrook didn't respond well to him getting benched in crunch time, I think it could make problems even worse. But I'm with you that. He hasn't been effective, and they need to, uh, you know, kind of hold him accountable. And they have at times, but not quite enough because, you know, they're kind of walking around eggshells here. Um, With AD, I'm with you that, you know, he's a game changer. I mean, look, the Lakers won an NBA championship two years ago because he was the missing piece for LeBron James. And so with that being said, I absolve the Lakers of not being in championship contention because of – his absence, the overlapping injuries throughout the season. But I think it doesn't absolve the Lakers from at least not being in, the, in a firm playoff setting. Like, this is the reason why they got Russell Westbrook to begin with, in theory, that 
if there's games LeBron James misses, if there's games Anthony Davis misses, Russell has had a proven track record that he can carry a team, at least in the regular season. While I won't gloss over the fact that this is a misfit roster, I don't think the front office put the right pieces around him, partly because they gave up depth to get Russell Westbrook. He should be talented enough to figure all those things out. That's what all-star players are supposed to be able to do. Role players, their effectiveness are more on circumstances. And here, Russ has allowed that to be an excuse. We're talking to Mark Medina. So whose fault is it, Mark? Yeah, percentage blame pie. I would put the top at the at the front office. This isn't a good roster. Um, you know, they gave up a lot of depth to get Russ. I thought Russ's fit in general was risky. And, you know, they have a lot of veterans on the team that are susceptible to injury. They don't have a lot of good defenders. I'll put Russell Westbrook at number two. Um, and then I put the the injuries at number three. I mean, I know that Frank Vogel gets some crit- criticism uh, with where the Lakers are at, and that's not to say he's not blameless. You know, it's taken him a while to figure out the right rotations even now. Um, but I would pin front office, Russ, and the injuries as the main reasons why, you know, the Lakers are just fighting to get in that playing tournament. So let's talk about the Nets go out to the East. Um, I don't, I don't think that this move with Ben Simmons is going to play a factor in this season whatsoever. I mean, he's still not back. There's not that many games left. He is a player that really fit in, you know, chemistry obviously very much matters. And KD has just come back from injury. You still have Kyrie not playing home games. I just I feel like the Sixers won the trade in the in the immediate that they got a great player on the floor. But also the fit is better, and the Nets are just not – they're not rolling right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you look at the chemistry that Joel Embiid and James Harden have already shown. Um, it's like they just, you know, had play, had all this history together when they literally just started playing basketball this past week. So I'm with you that I would give the edge on the trade right now to the Sixers. But big picture – you know, I think for better and for worse, the Sixers and the Nets are in really like volatile situations in the sense that, you know, everything hinges on health. And James Harden, I think that he's doing the right things now because he's in a better environment, but he's had a checkered injury history this season and last season. And so I'm setting my eyes on that to make them vulnerable. And then with the Nets, it's, it's kind of what you were saying with all these moving parts. We don't know when or if Kyrie Irving will become a full-time player. I mean, obviously he could just solve this by getting the vaccine himself. Uh, but, you know, he has been adamant that he's not going to do that with Kevin Durant. He's been an amazing player, even better than he was before he injured his Achilles. But he hasn't shown that he can stay healthy on a consistent basis. I think philosophically, Ben Simmons is going to be a good fit because he is a good defender, great playmaker. He's not going to have that pressure to shoot because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are on the floor. But if those guys aren't available, he's going to be he's going to be needed to have to take those shots, and he hasn't shown a willingness of that. And uh, I think there's also questions to be asked: how he how is his conditioning going to be after not playing all season? Um, you know, I'm sensitive to in in general terms the idea of mental health and being empathetic. You know, for people who are struggling with that, but purely from a basketball standpoint, how is he going to handle? kind of the the adversity and challenges when it comes with, you know, playing against Philly in a possible playoff matchup in a hostile environment or any other things. And, and those are all unanswerable at this point. We're talking to Mark Medina, NBA.com. Mark, talk to me nice about my heat. <laughs> 
I always talk nice about Drew Carey. <laughs> By the way, he culture. I know people roll their eyes at it. It's a real thing. It, it is, is a real thing. It is. Number one in the East. I like being overlooked, though. I prefer that. I think the Heat are with you. Like, they love this. This is what they're all about. And uh, I know that they've gone through a little bit of a a difficult stretch, but uh, they've shown a really good track record going on winning streaks, you know, relying on Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, relying on their role players. I only put the Nets and the Sixers you know, on paper having the edge because of just their influx of talent. And if the stars align with all those players on each team, like being able to play, just talent trumps everything. But that's not how professional sports work. And so I think where the Heat have the advantage, as you know, Joy, is they have a really good culture. They have good continuity. They have a really good balance of veterans, role players, star players, guys who are willing to do the the dirty work, uh, and, you know, it's just like clockwork. So, yeah, I would put them, uh, I think, probably in a tie with the Bucks, just because they're the defending champs and they have Giannis. But this, this Eastern Conference, it's very wide open right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I was talking about this earlier, and uh, this is kind of my philosophy on the NBA season right now. It, normally, we have, as you mentioned, teams that are just loaded with particular amount of stars or talent to the point where, you know, we can talk about other teams making great, you know, regular season runs. But in the end, it's going to be the postseason and the stars are going to be in the finals. Like it's going to be Golden State or it's going to be whatever team LeBron's on. And we don't have that this year. I think we really have a good amount of parity. I mean, you can go about seven deep and I could say these teams and their their champions this year and it's not outrageous the heat not outrageous sixers bucks bulls the suns warriors the grizzlies i i don't i mean possibly even the mavericks like they have luka so like there are there are a lot of teams that are in contention how it will play out in the postseason in these long series who knows but i really feel like there's a lot of teams that have a chance this year yeah, and I think, uh, you know, kind of contrary to what we've seen in the past few NBA seasons, I think the Eastern Conference has more depth than the West. I mean, I think the Memphis Grizzlies are the real deal, but it just seems inevitable that presuming Chris Paul and Draymond Green are back for their respective teams, it's Suns Warriors in the West Finals. Uh, the Grizzlies are going to be good, but, yeah, look, they're a young team. They'll be in the, in the contending uh, picture in years to come. But when you look at the East, like – The Sixers and the Nets I favor, but if all those things collapse like a house of cards, it's heat and bucks. And Bulls and the Cavaliers are good, but, you know, I think when you compare that to Miami and Milwaukee, there's still some separation. But you know what? Those teams have just grown from leaps and bounds last season because they were in the lottery, and now they're in not just the playoff picture of getting into the first round, but a team that can actually make some noise. We're in the Western Conference. It's going to be interesting, compelling a lot of drama because it involves the Lakers. But when you're looking at that fight to get in the playing tournament and those first round, I mean, for the Lakers and Clippers and Pelicans, like they're just getting themselves set up to either end their season earlier in April or lose in the first round to Phoenix or Golden State where, you know, out east, uh, there's, a, there's a lot more competitiveness from one to eight. Yeah, I think that I think we're going to have some – some good first round series in the East. Uh, there, I, I could see. I, I agree, agree with you there. I think there might be some sweeps. Um, so, so what do you got with Miami? Where, where are they headed? I mean, where, 
the championship, baby. <laughs> of course you would say that. City of champions. Um, no, I don't. I, I love the Heat, obviously, and I'm, I'm very optimistic. I think it's a really long postseason, so it's going to come down to health, as it always does. But, you know, these guys are very confident. They've been there recently. So the young guys understand what it takes to, you know, go through these long series and what it, what it means to play in those those really big games. I think, you know, Tyler Hero is probably going to win sixth man of the year. He's grown leaps and bounds. So I'm very optimistic about it. You know, just, as you said, these some of these star, star-driven uh, teams are very combustible right now. Yeah. I mean, talent trumps everything in, in the NBA, but when it's combustible, uh, I mean, the Nets are exhibit A. They're, they're eighth right now. They could very well stay that way. Make, you know, just not even advance past the plans for them, but it's on the other side of the coin where, you know, they could upset a number one seed. It's, it's just that unpredictable. Um, we're talking to Mark Medina. You mentioned John Morant, who I think is just one of the best young players that we have in the league right now. And if you just look at the growth of the Grizzlies since he's, since he's arrived there, he is a franchise changing player. And, you know, they have a good roster, but he is obviously the, the juice and the heart of that team. Um, just talk about your, your, your opinion of John Morant uh, overall as a player. I, just, I think he's incredible and he's going to have an, an unbelievable career. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he, um, he, he's the next uh, – he's already a star, but as far as, like, the generational talent, he's, he's up at the top. And I think, you know, we're all amazed, you and I and everyone else, about his highlight reels, whether it's his crossover moves, finishes, that chase down block he had against the Lakers. But I think the underrated quality about John Moran is he has like this old school spirit about him. Like he is not just that that young athletic player. Um, When you talk to people with the Grizzlies, they talk about John Morant uh, in reverence of like, embodying all those old school mentalities of like he's you know a really good practice player he watches film he asks assistant coaches to watch film with him and critique him it's not about just giving him compliments it's about hey you're screwing up in here here's how you get better and then he gets after it and you know again in today's nba like talent is everything but that work ethic part is a skill because it's not just about, oh, I'm willing to work hard. It's a discipline that you have to carry. And when you're a, a very good prospect that's having that attitude as opposed to just trying to bask in the limelight, um, your trajectory is going to go a long way. and You're going to wind up out playing and out living your draft class. I mean, look, uh, empathetic to what Zion Williamson is going through from an injury standpoint, you always want guys to be healthy. But just look right now with what Jaw's been able to accomplish compared to Zion, where you know he was number two, he thought he was the best player in the, in the class, and he's shown that he's able to be reliable. And I know that's part of that with Zion. It's uncontrollable, right? Injuries happen, but I think there's also a lot of concerns uh, expressed around the league of, well, what is it about Zion's attitude and his work ethic uh, that – has put him in the spot where he's not making the most of it, where, you know, his conditioning is not up to speed, all that, you know, there's, he's giving off enough of impressions where JJ Redick the other day was saying, Hey, when I was with the Pelicans, he was detached from his teammates. You look at John Morant, he's checking every box of all the things that you want in a young player from a talent and as well as just what he's about. We're talking to Mark Medina. Yeah, I I agree. I've heard nothing but amazing things about Ja. And I think when you look at the actual play and the improvement that 
the Grizzlies have had since he's arrived. I mean, it's it's the the proof is there that you know he has that kind of impact. He's he's a, a Joe Burrow type of player. Like just you know you, he comes in and immediately turns things around. It's very obvious that he is the the vehicle for that. Um, so well, you kind of you know said everything there about Zion, but he did get cleared for MB for you know basketball activity. Today, there's a lot happening around that situation. Um, you know, is he at odds with David Griffin? What is his conditioning situation? The injuries, it, it, all the concerns that had everyone had about Zion going into the draft are kind of playing out. What is, what is your overall opinion on the Pelican situation with Zion right now? What how it plays out? Yeah, the thing is, it's really fluid. Like when I've talked to people in the Pelicans organization, um, you know, there, there's no doubt that there's frustration with his injuries. But you know, there's a lot of messages that was stressed to me that you know, a lot of this is just, hey, he needs his own space and it's better for him to be away from the team because, you know, if you're on the bench, so to speak, and, you know, a team is winning or losing, there's all this attention on his reaction and he's soaking up all the oxygen in the room. I get that, but I think that there is a way to still feel like you're connected to a team. But, you know, I talked with C.J. McComb Last week when the Pelicans were in town, you know, catching up with his new environment after Portland traded him, and he was saying, look, when he got in touch, he and Zion got in touch, uh, the conversation's been great, and he was stressing that the most important thing right now is it's about him attacking his rehab and not worrying about the optics, and he expressed confidence that he's going to handle that the right way. So right now, for what it's worth, the public messaging is all about you know, there is support for Zion and it's just a matter of he needs to stay healthy and prioritize that and nothing else. And they're giving him that space. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, I mean, the Pelicans will obviously take any kernel of optimism that he has been making progress this past week. But the reality is they thought at the beginning of the season, this was something that he, that wanted to inhibit him from playing at all at the beginning of the year. And obviously that hasn't happened. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you follow Mark on social media, Mark G underscore Medina on Twitter. Uh, I tagged him in my my show tweet today. He does an amazing job covering the NBA. Thanks so much for coming on, Mark. Hope you're doing well. Joy, ditto as well. Thanks for having me, and you're killing it on all the platforms, and happy for all your success uh, because it's coming from good talent, hard work. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. Have a great day. Enjoy your Saturday. Okay, you too. That's Mark Medina. A lot going on in the NBA. Let's break down this Kyler Murray situation, and we'll talk to Darius Butler at the bottom of the hour next on The Joy Taylor Show. Welcome back. Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. March Madness slowly approaching. That's exciting. Love the tournament. Talk to Darius Butler in a few minutes. Some NBA, I'm sorry, NFL news. Thanks to Mark Medina for coming on with us. So it's wild times out here for basketball in L.A. <laughs> Everyone's very upset. But I want to talk a little bit about this Kyler Murray situation. Um, it's very interesting what's happening there in Arizona. So obviously he cleaned off his social media, which, look, we're in this is 2022. That stuff matters now. And there's been some conversation about, you know, his leadership skills. He, he didn't go out with his teammates at the end of the last game on the on the final few snaps of the game and you know he's sort of he put that weird weird statement from his his agent that that 
Cheesecake Factory menu statement, which he literally could have just wrote, we want a deal. <laughs> it saved us all the time. Uh, I loved the reactions on Twitter to that, by the way. Um, I'm not going to read all this. Sorry or happy for you. <laughs> I don't know. But it's it seems like it's getting a little contentious in Arizona. They gave extensions to Cliff Kingsbury and the GM. So they're not going anywhere. And I think that's pretty telling. What I don't want to happen with the Kyler Murray situation is that it becomes a Dak Prescott situation where we're just talking endlessly about his deal. Because Kyler Murray is obviously extremely talented. And I believe he's the future in Arizona. And let's not forget what Arizona was before Kyler Murray got there. And they have improved every single year. But there are some questions about his his leadership. We're hearing some you know reports that they they kind of rolled the red carpet out a little too soon for him, which you know I I always feel like there's when when we start getting into these kind of stories, there's multiple layers to it, and everyone's kind of fighting for first to get their version of the story out, which which lends me to believe that there is some sort of uh, a contentious energy around the situation. But it also leads me to believe that, you know, there might be some some jealousies or other things playing into it. I mean, Kyler Murray is an extremely talented quarterback, and I think he is a franchise quarterback. He is very capable of, with everything around him, obviously, uh, winning a Super Bowl in Arizona, I believe. But they don't need to pay him tomorrow. This idea that a deal needs to be done immediately is kind of silly. I mean, Lamar Jackson's deal isn't done. There are a lot of guys who are in that that space that Kyler Murray's in that don't have deals. So I don't know that it's necessarily urgent or that Arizona needs to comply. But Kyler Murray's an interesting dude. He might he might try and force their hand. So this is something to pay attention to, the Kyler Murray situation. I don't know how bad it's going to get or if it's even ever going to reach that point. I think it would be strange for them to move off of him, but there are a lot of different stories from a lot of different angles coming out about the Kyler Murray situation. We'll ask Darius Butler about this on the other side, but first let's get to David Gascon with what's trending. Joey, we'll leave things off first in college basketball today. Auburn took care of business earlier today. The Jabari Smith, top of the circle, left wing for Kessler for three. Oh my. Oh my. Foot was on the line. His foot was on the line, but he knocks it home. Auburn beats South Carolina. Number 11 clubbed Butler. Villanova victorious 78 to 59 was the final score. Miami came from behind and beat Syracuse 75 72 in the closing seconds. Alabama falls at LSU in overtime 80 to 77. Tennessee blew a 21 point lead and squeaked by Arkansas, but just barely. 78-74 to was the final tally there. Bunch of other games in the top 25. TCU, West Virginia, both those teams are unranked, but West Virginia up by two right now, 51-49. to Kentucky by 10 at Florida, 47-37. Zion Williamson cleared for basketball-related activities. And Brian Greasy going from the ESPN booth, the Monday Night Football, to quarterback's coach in San Francisco. Enjoy back to you. Thank you, David Gascon, for that update. Hiring heating up. Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Listening to The Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio, let's go out to Darius Butler. 
Darius, thanks for jumping on with us today. Happy Saturday. No problem. Happy Saturday. Thanks for having me, Joy. How's uh what's your what's your vibe on this Kyler Murray situation? You think it gets ugly? <laughs> I mean, I would hope not, but I mean you you went you extended uh the GM Kime and you extended uh Cliff as well and Cliff he should be under a lot of heat in my opinion. So I feel like Kyler should be next. Um there are a lot of question marks uh internally uh in regards to his leadership. Which, and that's huge. You know, talent wise I think he's checked all those boxes. But can he really lead uh, that group of men uh, to the promised land, essentially? That's a big question mark. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. But uh, I think they'll take care of him before the season starts. So the Combine's going on right now. What was your experience like at the Combine? Man, I, to be completely honest with you, I don't even remember a lot of it. That that, that whole stretch from the end of my college season, um, you, you got the Combine, I had the Senior Bowl, I had – Pro day, it was just a blur. Now at this point, I remember just what I do remember from the combine is it just being long days. And when it was really, when it got up to the time to actual actually physically perform, I was so exhausted mentally and physically. I'm like, man, let me just get this this stuff done and get out of here. So it is, it is a grind. It's long. I, I've heard that they changed some things up, but um, you know, it's also a blessing at the same time because I was coming from UConn. You know, University of Connecticut was a basketball school. Weren't really, uh, wasn't really known for pumping out a bunch of football players in the draft. So I'm um, getting on that same field uh, with the bigger names from the bigger schools. Um, it was an opportunity for me. I saw it as an opportunity, and it was a grind. But um, you know, it was, it was fun at the same time. So Malik Willis has kind of improved his his draft stock at the combine this week. I don't know if you saw the video of him with the the homeless person. Someone I did, I did. Um, you know, captured him on camera doing that. And he's actually also performed really well at the combine. This isn't a, a heavy quarterback draft. It's actually not a very big star draft in general. There's no, you know, standalone guy, although Evan Neal walking around at 3:30 or whatever looking like that is insane. Um yeah, what do you? Where do you think the quarterbacks go in the, in this draft? Obviously, it's it's mostly him and, and Kenny Pickett that we're discussing right now. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of uh, kind of blah, kind of mid when, it, when you're looking at the, the star <laughs> power and the and the quarterbacks, especially coming off of last year. You know, we were crowning you know three guys at the top of the draft. You had Trevor Lawrence, who was the second coming of you know Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning reincarnated. Then you had Zach Wilson, who was the next Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. And then you had all these other guys who we knew were going in the first round. And now this year, they're saying it may be only one, maybe two in the first round. So um, it, it, that's such an important position, position that all, everything that Malik Willis is doing right now, he's just giving himself uh, the best opportunity to, to bump up. The, the off-the-field stuff, obviously, you know, him just doing what he did and not, you know, recording himself, somebody actually just capturing that, I think that shows a lot. Not going to say it's going to bump him up around in the draft when the draft comes around, but he threw well. Um, but you got film, you know these guys. I feel like these guys bump up and down our draft boards at home, and you know us in the media who cover the sports. But these evaluators, they're doing their homework. You know they're they're in the interviews with these guys, and I've heard he's interviewed well as well. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at my team. I know your team is your Steelers are quarterback needy. And I've been seeing his name uh, with the Steelers a lot. But uh, Malik Willis, uh, Ritter, I think he helped himself. You know, I didn't know he was that good of an athlete. 
Um, and then uh, Pickett, <laughs> they've been picking on him about these little hands, so it'll be interesting. You're always going to have your storylines for the quarterbacks, but like you said, it's not a big-name draft, um, but I still think it'll, the, the, you'll find your gems, you know, in the second, third, fourth round. The wide receiver group, I mean, that's a deep group there, but um, yeah, not this, this draft overall for me is just kind of, ah, at this point. <laughs> We're talking to Darius Butler. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not really a lot of exciting storylines going into the draft. There's nobody that, you know, there's teams that are going to be rumored to make big trades to move up or anything like that. So I think it'll be mostly a, a pretty quiet draft. Uh, a big name that is holding up the entire league right now is Aaron Rodgers. I believe it's day 40, 43 of Aaron Rodgers' watch. And... I think the longer this goes on, and he doesn't have much more time. I mean, the the league, he has to make a decision before the league year starts, which is on the 16th. Um, I think the longer it goes on, the more it indicates that he is going to stay in Green Bay. What is your opinion or knowledge of the situation? What do you think he's going to do? Yeah, if I had to place a bet today or a week ago or two, I would say he stays. I mean, it's it's definitely no reason for him to go to the AFC at this point with how quarterback heavy that that uh conferences then afc west a lot of people are saying denver um but you have to deal with mahomes and and herbert and Carr twice a year i mean if you look around that division just stay where you're at uh you know the, the packers i mean i feel like they've they've done their job <laughs> you know as much as he you know has bumped his with the people in the front office i mean you, you had a great you had a roster that put together that marched out a great defense they had some good signings i'm um, going to get douglas uh, getting Campbell at the linebacker position, you know, Rashawn Gary developed, took more steps. So everyone, uh, Stokes, had a tremendous rookie season. I mean, they've done their job from the front office standpoint. It just comes down to Aaron Rodgers not really showing up in the biggest moments, like if, we, if, you're, if you're being real about it. Um, and now I think he'll go, he'll get his money, he'll get a new deal for a couple more years. And he'll stay. He'll stay in NFC North, you know, playing the Bears, Vikings, and the Lions twice a year. Um, so you know, I think he's a little divish. He does like the attention, but I think at the end of the day, uh, twelve, you know, he'll end up right back in Green Bay. He's officiating uh, one of his best friends' wedding uh, in the next couple of days here. So I don't think he's leaving that team. I don't know, Darius. I don't. I know everyone keeps saying it's the best situation for him. I don't think it is. They're $30 million over the cap, and that's before they bring back Devontae Adams and figure his new deal Mm -hmm. out if he ends up staying. And he's not going to give them a discount. And one thing we do know, I mean, this is more than a trend. If your quarterback takes up 12.4% or more of your cap, you don't win the Super Bowl. It just since 2011, it hasn't happened. 12.4 percent or more don't win the Super Bowl. That's a good chunk of time, and that's a telling statistic to me. I don't get crazy with that stuff, but that's telling. Like you, you got to have a really balanced team. You have to have talent, obviously, at the quarterback position, but you've got to have a balanced team. And Green Bay's not even making the Super Bowl. Forget winning the Super Bowl. They're not making the Super Bowl. So the, but I'm, the, that's what I'm saying. You have the roster there, and he's going to take up that chunk anywhere he goes, you know, anywhere right, Aaron Rodgers goes. They had a, they were the number one seed this year. Like how much, they're not going to be as good as they were <laughs> this year. They're going to lose players. I mean, yeah, you're going to lose some players, but you have the draft. You do have free And those books, you, you, you're going to figure out to get, they're going to figure out to work those books and get to a number. Um, Devontae Adams, he's, uh, 
especially if you keep Rodgers there, you're going to keep him in that building for another year at least with a franchise tag. Um, you, obviously, I think one of their the, one of their undoings was forcing the ball to Adams, you know, in that in that 49ers game. But you had the one seed. You host the NFC Championship game back to back week. So, like I said, the Packers have done their job from a team building standpoint. You know, is it the best roster in the league? Probably not, but it's a, it's shown to be a pretty good one, and I think it will uh, continue to be. They they missed they were missing some of their all pros, you know, for the majority of the year last year. So um, I think it, it's still by far the best situation to go to. Any other situation you go, if he ends up in Indy, maybe that's a better one. Maybe uh, looking around that division, you you still should should win that uh, with the running game and the defense you have, but. I mean, I think you stay put in, in, in Green Bay for the next couple of years, and there's it's no one else to blame uh, at the Packers for their lack of winning another championship, um, especially in these past few years, you know, above Aaron Rodgers. I think you've got to look square in the mirror at that. I don't know. Is he a square in the mirror guy? Uh, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I just. I. I don't doubt Aaron Rodgers' ability. Like he's obviously an incredible player, back-to-back incredible, yeah. league MVP. But you could be a great all-time great regular season player. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's, he hasn't had a lot of postseason success as of recent. Hey, you, you, once again, you got to look in the mirror. You, you got to look in the mirror. And, and it's no, you know, I know it was an ugly weather game, but it's, I mean, you're the Green Bay It was Packers, an ugly weather home, game for got, the other team, too. That's what I'm saying. You got the 49ers coming in from California. Right. And they, they find a way to out-physical you and beat you. You don't score for, you know, three and a half quarters. So, I mean, that that's, to me, that's on Aaron Rodgers. And he has to go and figure that out. And you can point all the fingers and have all the things. I don't see I don't see him picking up and leaving. If he would have done it, I feel like he would have done it last year. But this year, I don't I, I just I don't know. I don't know, Joy. I don't see it happening. <laughs> the longer it goes on, I don't think he's gonna leave either. We're talking to Darius Butler. All right, so we can talk about our heat a little bit. You feeling good about it? I'm feeling good about it. We got it. We got to get Jimmy. We got to get Jimmy back. We got to get Jimmy rolling. Uh, we got to get Jimmy rolling. Uh, I, I like where we're at with Hero. I like the team. Where we're at overall, can't be mad at all. I didn't not, did not expect this coming into the season. We signed Kyle Lowry. I was not really super excited about that. I knew PJ Tucker would be a fit, but Kyle Lowry's been tremendous. Um, Hero's been great. Bam been doing his thing. I like where we're at. You know, we got a top 15 all time coach with Spolstra. So I like us. I like us uh, uh, down the stretch. Um, you know, once you get into that playoffs, in my opinion, it does kind of come come down to more so the superstars at that point. You know, you do need a, a guy just to take over a game a, a couple times in that um, in those playoffs. And you know, you look around the Eastern Conference. You got the Greek Freak. You got um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie. You got Joel and, and Harden now. And then uh, even in Chicago, DeMar's in the MVP conversation along with Zach Levine. So it's so much talent on that Eastern side, but our culture, the way we play as a team, how gritty we are, and, you know, we're looking like we'll have home court advantage through a lot of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking where we're at overall. I'm very optimistic, Darius. Very optimistic. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on with me. Uh, Darius <laughs> Butler, make sure you follow him on social media. Check out the Man to Man pod and everything DB show. Thanks for coming on, Darius. I appreciate you, Joy. We'll be back on the Joy Taylor Show talking Lakers and a little more on Aaron Rodgers next. Welcome back. Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's a really crazy situation going on 
right now with Brittany Griner. She's a seven-time WNBA All-Star, plays for the Phoenix Mercury. A lot of WNBA players play in Europe during the offseason. Uh, they can make a lot of money playing overseas. And um, the WNBA said that all of its players, other than Brittany Griner, have left Russia and Ukraine. And she is apparently in custody in Russia right now for what they are saying is uh, vape cartridges containing hashish oil that were found in her luggage. So they opened a criminal case um, into the large-scale transportation of drugs, which can carry a sentence up to 10 years. But this could be a really big deal. Obviously, there's, you know, the situation with Russia and the Ukraine, but um, it could, from what I'm reading, open up some political things as well with a, a possible exchange with uh, the United States and Russia. So it's really crazy situation. I'm, I'm, I've just seen it now, but um, probably something to pay attention to because these are tense times over there. And that's a United States citizen that they have in custody there. Really crazy. Uh, thanks so much to Mark Medina, NBA.com, for coming on with us and talking hoops. Gab Gowdy of the Unsportsmanlike Conduct podcast and Darius Butler, man-to-man pod, um, NFL veteran. I I don't I don't know. I'm just so I'm so torn on the Aaron Rodgers situation. I I know Darius is saying you know the Green Bay has done everything that they can to put the right pieces around him. You know he really can't be blamed. I I just I still don't know where I put put the all of the blame pie percentages because I was just a hundred percent on his side with the Jordan love pick. And it's looking more and more, especially if he stays like that was a huge waste, a huge waste in a, in a drama situation that did not need to happen. I mean, the, the, the conversation around that pick was just absurd to me. Like it's okay to draft a quarterback. You need, you need backups. That's that's reasonable. It's not reasonable to move up in the first round and draft a quarterback without telling Aaron Rodgers. And you have Aaron Rodgers. So that pick was a waste. If he could play, they probably wouldn't have gone through all of this with him last year. They're not having postseason success. And I don't I just I just don't believe that him staying in Green Bay is necessarily the right situation for him anymore. I mean, they've they had the number one seed. He won back-to-back MVPs, and they got bounced in their first playoff game. As Darius mentioned, to a to a to a California team. Although the Bay is a bit colder than Los Angeles, <laughs> but not like that. Not like that. Not like that. They got out Green Bay in Green Bay. Yeah, they did, and I, I just. They're not going to be the same team this year. Like this felt like the year they needed to do it. This felt like the the go all in year. And to lose like that after all the drama this year, I mean, I had to see Aaron Rodgers' foot. It's like you can still see it. It's haunting me. What was all that for? It wasn't like gross. I mean, it was. Nah, just, I'm just know, not not not. You big, don't want to see people's feet. Not a big foot guy. Not a big foot guy over here. I don't know. 
But he has to make a decision soon. League year starts March 16th, and the entire league is being held up by his decision. Nobody else can make a move. Not Mitch Trubisky, not Jimmy Garoppolo. People really can't set their draft boards. Everything is, you know, contingent on where he ends up going. So I I think we're going to get an answer next week. I don't think he's going to wait till like the day before. I I really just believe that they're they're doing the details of of his deal to stay in Green Bay. And that's why it's taking so long to get news on it. But we shall see. Well, thanks for hanging out with us today. Hope you guys are enjoying your Saturday. Make sure you stick around for Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. And make sure you join me and Colin on The Herd weekdays on FS1, noon to 3. Have a great Saturday. I will post the podcast if you missed any of the show. Have a great day.